0: And welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one delightful page of Talmud every day. And look, folks, we talk a lot these days about cancel culture. But in today's page of Talmud, well, we are witnessing the cancellation of all time. We're looking at the year they canceled Yom Kippur. Could it be? Have a listen. Apropos the discussion of the celebration at Solomon's dedication of the temple, the Bet HaMikdash, the first beautiful Bet HaMikdash, the Gemara relates that Rabbi Palnach said that Rabbi Yochanan said, that year, the Jewish people did not observe Yom Kippur (gasps) as the seven day celebration of the dedication of the temple coincided with Yom Kippur and all seven days were celebrated with feasting. And the people were worried and said, perhaps the enemy of the Jewish people, a euphemism for the Jewish people themselves, have become liable to be destroyed for the transgression of eating on Yom Kippur, which is punishable by karet, very severe punishment. A divine voice issued forth and said to them, all of you are designated for life in the world to come. Imagine! Imagine! Showing up at Shul on Yom Kippur, all dressed in white, ready to fast, and hearing that it's been cancelled and replaced with a wonderful feast, and that moreover, you just won yourself the greatest of all get-out-of-jail-free cards. This is so unthinkable that something like this could happen. It's so wondrous and magical that we turn with our eyes filled with longing to the one man who could make sense of it all, our friend our teacher, our inspiration, Rabbi David Bashevkin. How are you, my friend?
1: Liel, what an absolute joy to be discussing one of the most curious, enigmatic episodes that like, you almost don't pay attention to if you don't hit that pause button. But it's something like I put myself in my own shoes where in the dedication of the temple, as you described it, we got this get-out-of-jail-free card where the Jewish people were told, Because of the solemnity, the importance of the dedication of the temple in Jerusalem, we're going to hit pause on Yom Kippur. This wasn't just a rash decision. This was a decision done with the authority of the Sanhedrin, the central legal body of all Jewish law. This was something that was done with the authority of Shlomo, King Solomon. This was something done with the authority of God. Yet nonetheless, the Jewish people look at this canceled Yom Kippur And they ask, like, oh, no, we're going to be destroyed. And to me, like, it almost raises the question of, like, why are you staring a gift horse in the mouth? They just canceled Yom Kippur. That's not an easy day. Like, Don't ask questions,
0: man. Go to the
1: party. Like, like, this is great. Like, imagine your shul flyer sends out one year, like, in lieu of Yom Kippur this year, out of an abundance of caution, we're sending out margarita mixers and just, like, have a blast. It is, this is an almost unthinkable response, but I actually think it tells us something so fascinating about religious practice and how we measure up to others and our very relationship to Yom Kippur itself. The first idea is that when the Jewish people, you know, they get this dispensation from Yom Kippur to celebrate the building of the temple. And you could imagine that there are people who are celebrating the building of the temple and here, there are Jews who are looking around, and they're looking at the people celebrating. They're looking at the party, at the holy joy that other people are having, and they're saying, "Okay, great. I see the elders. Like I feel this way anytime I go to a ceremony that's dedicating the safer Torah. You sometimes see people; they're holding the Torah to this joyous, holy moment, and then there are always people off to the side who are—they're trying to feel that holy joy." But they can't feel it. They can't access it. They don't feel a part of it. And I believe one way of understanding this question of the Jewish people of, wait a second, are we all finished now that we didn't celebrate Yom Kippur? They're not questioning the law that there was a real dispensation for Yom Kippur. They're questioning whether or not are we really at the level where our joy can have the same religious weight severity, and importance to replace for us ordinary individuals what Yom Kippur is supposed to provide. Like great King Solomon and the priests and the Kohanim and all these people are able to celebrate at this elevated level in lieu of Yom Kippur. But like, what about us? Like we're not at the center, closing our eyes, swaying back and forth to the music. We're not able to access that religious practice in the same way that we see our leaders doing it. And I think that's a question a lot of people ask, and the response that God says that, no, all of you are designated to life in the world to come, is saying trust the process. When we make dispensations, when Jewish law and Jewish life points you in a certain direction— Trust the process. Don't just look at the people who have their eyes closed and they're swaying back and forth as if they're the only people who can access the importance of the moment. The fact that you're showing up, the fact that you are participating, whether or not you're under the canopy holding the Sefer Torah, dancing back and forth, or you're off to the side just doing your best and acknowledging the moment, all of you have a role to play and all of you can merit the world to come. I think there's something else quite beautiful that emerges from this dialogue and this story. It's a little bit similar, but it's something different. Where the Jewish people, you know what, this dialogue tells us something about our relationship. You, I, Liel, David, what is our relationship? I think their instinctive reaction is telling us that Yom Kippur for the Jewish people should not be seen as a get-out-of-jail-free card. It should not be seen as a burden. And it's a question that I ask myself in the entire introduction that I said, where your shul sends out, you know, shul flyer, rabbi's orders, got a prophecy, Yom Kippur is canceled this year, we're having a party instead. What would your reaction be? Is it, thank God, Yom Kippur is a headache, it's a burden, it's difficult, I want to weasel out of it? Or is it actually something that I think we all have in our deep recesses of our Jewish souls? that there's something instinctive that we actually need Yom Kippur. And there would almost be a sense of disappointment, like, wait a second, can I survive this year without the foundation of Yom Kippur that the rest of my days and months are going to be built upon? And in our lives, we so often instinctively relate to Yom Kippur like this burden, like this difficulty. But I think the Jewish people in this dialogue are telling us to reorient our perspective. When Yom Kippur does get canceled, when there are other, whether it's halachic Jewish legal priorities or other reasons why you can't participate, whether it's in Yom Kippur or something else, is your instinctive reaction, is your relationship to Jewish practice, oh thank God, I'm out of it? Like <laughs> I was I was hoping I was hoping you would cancel our lunch meeting today, like anybody who's ever sighed for any get together ever. Or is there something like a really rich friendship where and you and I have had this, we have and forth over and over again, getting together for lunch. Like Anytime it doesn't work out, I'm like, oh no, I needed this. I want to connect with you. I want to be a part of it. And what this dialogue is doing is it's reorienting what our relationship to Yom Kippur should be. That maybe there's a place buried deep down inside where for whatever reason, when Yom Kippur is canceled, we can maybe access and nurture that feeling that, oh no, we need a Yom Kippur in our lives. And thank God we have another place to access it but realizing that these moments, these experiences, these rituals and practices that we have in our lives are actually so uplifting and meaningful, as difficult and as rigorous as they are, they're able to uplift and nurture the rest of our year. As the Jewish people asked, oh no, we need Yom Kippur, and God still nevertheless answered, it's because of that instinct that you're going to merit that life in the world to come.
0: Amen, Selah. Rabbi Bashevkin, as always, You leave me eager for our next meeting. Thank you so much.
1: My absolute pleasure.
0: This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Libowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman-Ader, and Robert Skarmuccia, with help from Quinn Waller. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter, at TakeOneDafyomi,